Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. You're in Luke chapter number one. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. I want to read you some verses tonight. And this month, of course, our whole theme for the year has been refocusing. And um, we've refocused on several things. And this month has been refocusing on our marriage. Of course, we had our marriage workshop. Um, just a week ago yesterday with Brother Mike and Miss Amy. And man, it was great. But tonight I, I want to deal with the home a little bit more tonight and see what the Lord will give us. You're in Luke chapter number 1. Let me read you a verse out of Matthew chapter number 11. You don't have to turn. I'm going to read one verse. The Bible said this in verse number 11. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, uh, there, hath been, uh, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding... He that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So what did the Bible say about John the Baptist? The Bible said this, that there had not been one born of a woman that hath not risen greater than John the Baptist. Now can I say this, and I'm not going to deal with this tonight, but I do want to mention it in passing. That was stated by Christ himself uh, after John doubted who Christ was. Now just think about that and John or Christ still said that about John. Now here's what I want us to think about. If that is so, evidently John had some really good parents. Evidently John had somebody to train him right and to teach him right. Go with me to Luke now chapter number 1. I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias uh, of the course of uh, Abia. Uh, the Bible said, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. There were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without, uh, without at time of the incense. And they appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayers or for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. Now, Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Lord, you know the need of this service, and I pray that your will and way would be done, God. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to rightly divide the word of truth tonight, and we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. 
I want to look into this passage for a little while and I'll probably end up talking more to you than just rearing back and preaching tonight. But I want to talk to you just a little bit tonight on this thought. Raising godly children. Raising godly children. Now, I know the first thing that might go through some's mind here tonight is, preacher, I don't have children or I'm not even married or, uh, or this or that. But I think that there's an application that we can make with every individual setting here tonight as we walk through the pages of God's Word. I want to say this to you. Young adults adults are required to do the most important job of their life a lot of times when they are the most ill-prepared to do that. You say, well, what is that? Well, probably uh, the most important thing that you'll ever do in your life besides being saved by the grace of God and choosing the right spouse is raising children. Is raising children. I want to say this to you tonight. I am not a pro at raising children. I'm still trying to figure out how to raise kids myself. I've got one. Madeline uh, is 17 next month. She'll be 18. Uh, Olivia just turned 15. 15, and Victoria is fixing to turn nine uh, just any day now. She's so excited about nine. You ask her how old she is, I'm eight going on nine. You ask me how old I am, I'm 42 and holding strong. Are you with me right there? But I am no expert on raising children tonight. I've read a lot of books about raising children, godly books, not worldly books, but godly books on raising children. I've picked a lot of people's mind that have raised children. And can I say this? I have a book right here in my hand tonight that's way more than a book because it's alive, amen? It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I believe this Word of God tonight can teach us how to raise our children the right way. Raising godly children, raising godly children. I thought about this. The Bible said this in Matthew 11, 11, that there was never a greater born of woman than that of John the Baptist. I was thinking about this. You remember back years ago, and I, I don't know, they may still do it now, but they was bumper stickers that said, I'm a proud parent of an A honor roll kid. My, my parents never had one of them for me. But it was that bumper sticker. And I thought about this. Maybe Zacharias and Elizabeth uh, um, uh, had, had a donkey sticker. They didn't have bumper stickers. They didn't have cars. But, or a camel sticker. Uh, something that was on their means of transportation that said this, proud parent of the world's greatest child. I mean, um, I, none of y'all's parents could have that. Mine could, but none of y'all's could. Are you with me tonight? But just think about that. What a statement that is made about them. John the Baptist, man, what a preaching and, 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 and a forerunner of Christ that there was. But you want me to tell you the reason he was what he was? We know because of the grace of God, but because somebody invested in his life and somebody trained him the right way. Somebody trained him the right way. I thought about this. There is the world's view of what children are supposed to be, and there's God's view. Now, can I say this to you tonight? I believe we ought to raise our children to be good citizens. 
Come on, somebody give me an amen right there. I believe we ought to raise them to walk right and to talk right. I believe we ought to raise them to be respectful. One thing, and, and some of you young people need to hear me preach right here. One thing that drives me crazy is when I ask one of these young people something, they go, yeah. That's not what I said when I was growing up. Matter of fact, if you talk to me now, you know what I'm going to say to you? Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I was raised to respect those in authority. Somebody helped the preacher tonight. I was raised to respect those that was in authority over me. You say, well, my kid just does that. Well, it's because you let them do that. Now, my kids, they say that every once in a while, but real quick, we look at them and go, no, that's yes, sir. No, that's no, sir. No, that's yes, ma'am. No, that's no, ma'am. It's called respect. And I'm all about raising children to be respectful and good citizens. I'm about raising them to understand. I'm going to lose some right here. I'm about raising them to understand something about politics. And it's time, it's high time that the church got involved in that again. Amen. And teaching them what's right. It's not about a party but it's about a Bible and a godly standard. Amen. But more than anything, I'm about raising them to be godly. I'm about raising them to be godly. I, I um, uh, The other day, and y'all heard me say this, and I'll give you a couple thoughts and we'll go home, but y'all heard me say this the other day. Madeline, um, here in just a few weeks, she's going to be taking her nursing test and hopefully getting in nursing school somewhere. I hope it's local, but uh, getting in nursing school somewhere. And she said for her senior trip from college, I didn't know we had to do that, Brother Brian. But her senior trip from college, she wanted to go on a medical missions trip. And I said, well, we'll see what we can do about that. Maybe we can do that. And then somebody, it may have been Brother Brian said this, I can't remember. But somebody said this, what are you going to do when she goes there and gets a burden for that and God calls her back to the mission field to do medical work on the mission field? And here's what I said, I'd rather for her to be on the mission field in the will of God than be right here. No, I don't want her to go nowhere. I'm mad at Lydia tonight. Her niece called her, or not her niece, her cousin. I don't know what is Lydia. Yeah, it's her cousin. Called her and said, I want you to go with us to church tonight. And it just happened to be in Burnsville where Gabriel goes to church at. I said, well, there's some things you need to take into consideration. And she said, why? I said, you've got school on Monday morning. You're not going to be late. I will roll you out of the bed and you're going to go to school. It don't matter what time you come in Sunday night. So you make the choice yourself. If you want to stay out house for the night and if Gabriel is that important. Well, you see she's not sitting on the front row tonight. I've, I've picked on her before and said, you have no business moving off from around here. But understand me, we've got to raise them to do God's will in their life. God's will. Raising godly children. You say, preacher, how can I raise a godly child? How can, can I just say this? I'm trying my best to do that. That's what I want for my kids more than anything in this world. I want them to be godly. I want them to stay in church. I want them to live for the Lord. I want them to be submissive to God's will in their life. That's what I want more than anything. You say, do you want them to be this or do you want them to be that? Yes, I want them to be successful. There's nothing wrong with them getting an education. There's nothing wrong with them having a good job. But I want them to be godly more than anything. 
Let me show you the, re, the way that, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'll end up calling Zacharias Zacchaeus a hundred times tonight. Let me tell you, the, show you the way that Zacharias and Elizabeth raised a godly child. Number one tonight, both parents were forgiven. Look in verse number six. The Bible said this, and they were both righteous before God walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord's blameless. Uh, of the Lord blameless. Can I say this to you tonight? Number one, how did they, they was both forgiven. You said, preacher, what do you mean by that? Can I say it this way? Uh, let me put it in our day. They was both saved by the grace of God. The only way that you're going to raise good, godly children is this right here. You're going to have to be saved by the good grace of God. Because if you're not saved by God, how can you train a child to be godly and you're not godly yourself? They was both saved. They was both forgiven. Listen to what the Bible said. How did they become righteous? Listen to what the Bible said in Titus 3, 5. Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. How did they become godly? There was a day in their life that they met the Lord as their Savior. And I want to say this to you tonight. The only way, and I'm not going to spend a great deal of time on this first point because I preached on salvation this morning, but the only way we'll ever raise children to be godly is if we're saved ourselves. Parents, it is so important that we know the Lord is our personal Savior. It is so important that we're saved by the good grace of God. They were both forgiven. That's the reason that they raised godly children. And a husband and a wife become biblically righteous because they follow the Bible formula for such. Because they were righteous parents, they were going to try their best to rear children that was righteous. Normally ungodly parents rear ungodly children. I thought about this um, uh, years ago when Leslie and I worked with Rock of Ages. We worked in those juvenile detention centers. There were so many that I would talk to in those juvenile detention centers. And I would say, tell me about your parents. Tell me about your grandparents. Tell me about your childhood. And some of them were still children. And here's what they would say. My mama's in prison. My daddy's in prison. My grandma's in prison. My grandpa's in prison. My brother's a dope dealer. Uh, my brother's a thief. My sister's a thief. You see, what was happening in their life, they was producing ungodliness in their life over and over and over again and you may be sitting here tonight and you say preacher that's the way my life was that's the way my parents was well hear me and hear me well thank God somebody broke the trend and you're in the house of God tonight and what you need to do now is do your best to raise godly children that you are saved normally disobedient parents raise disobedient children I tell you, man, and I, I want to say this just in passing. Uh, I want to say this just a lot of times, a lot, not every time, not every time, but a lot of times, you can tell the culture of a house by the children, by the way they react, by the way that they act. You can tell what's going on at home a lot of times. So parents, tonight it's important that we are forgiven. 
It's important that we're saved. Number two tonight, let me show you something else. Both parents were forgiven. Number two tonight, both parents were faithful in their duty to God. Look what the Bible said in verse number 8. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. You want me to tell you what Zacharias done right here? Zacharias was doing exactly what God had for him to do. He was fulfilling his duty to the Lord Jesus Christ. So many young people never amount to anything when it comes to God or for God because they have observed mom and dad's unfaithfulness to the things of God. They've observed mom and dad's unfaithfulness to the things of God. Can I just say something to you tonight? And I, I, I promise you I'm trying to help us tonight more than any us. Did you catch that? More than anything. It is so important that we train our children to be faithful in the duty of God. To be faithful in the duty of God. I I have told my children on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, there's nothing no more important than the house of God. When it's Sunday school, Sunday, there's nothing no more important than the house of God. You say, well, preacher, what are you trying to do? Create creatures of habit? Yes, I sure am. I'm trying to get them in the habit of going to the house of God and instilling their mind, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, praying around a family altar. It's so important that we are faithful in our duty to God. You say, well, what is my duty to God? I'm not a preacher. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I, I, I don't say, what is my duty? Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. It is our duty to be faithful to the things of God. It is our duty to be faithful to the things of God. If there was one thing, and some's going to die on me right here, but it'll be all right. Some died a long time ago on tithing. I still hadn't got everybody recuperated from that. If there was one thing that I did like about 2020, I didn't have to worry about the attendance being way off when travel ball started. I didn't have to worry about it, Brother Dakota. Let me tell you the reason why it was shut down. It was shut down. You say, Brother Jonathan, they're just young one time. They need to live while they're young. They need to do this. They need to do that. You know what? I agree with you. They do need to live while they're young. They do need to have a good time while they're young. But you know what? They need to be instilled the doctrines of the Word of God in their mind. And you know what Zacharias was doing? He was down. Can I say it this way? He was down at the house of God doing exactly what God had for him to do. May we as fathers first and foremost even before the mothers may we as fathers fulfill our duty in the things of God fulfill our duty in the things of God may we as fathers pray with our children at night hold on may we as fathers pray with our children at night now we take turns I'll pray sometimes. Miss Leslie will pray sometimes. Victoria will pray sometimes. Madeline will pray sometimes. And Olivia will pray sometimes. 
But you know what we do every night before we go to bed? We get to bed. Every night before we go to bed, we get together as a family and we talk to the Lord. It's our duty as men. Wives, y'all holler amen and help me. It's our duty as men to do that. You said, preacher, I want to raise my children right. Well, guess what? We're going to have to be faithful to our duties in the house of God. If you're not faithful to tithe, your children won't be faithful to tithe. If you're not faithful to attend Sunday school, your children won't be faithful to attend Sunday school. If you badmouth the leadership, well, guess what's going to happen? Your kids are going to badmouth the leadership. If you aren't faithful to family altar time, your kids will never have a family altar time. I read, I was reading, I, I, I took this part out. I had actually copied it from the book I was reading out of and put it in my outline, but I took it out. Mother Lord's going to make me say it anyway. And one writer said this, if you badmouth the person that cuts you off going up the road, then your children's going to do that one day. You say, why did you take that out? Well, <laughs> I didn't want Leslie to get mad at me and say I was, I was calling her out in service tonight. I was talking to Leslie the other day on the phone and Olivia was going, what are you doing? And I said, Leslie, what in the world are you doing? She said, it's not me, it's the car in front of us. And I said, you're going to have to quit acting like that in front of her. <laughs> you know where she was getting that from? She was getting that, y'all got it, her mother. <laughs> she was getting it from her father. Children become what they are around the reason I'm so picky who my children play with. Who they're around. Jeff, they become that. Daddy said this years ago, you are right now or you soon will be what your friends are. That's been instilled in my mind for 25, 30, 35, 40 years now. And I'm trying to instill it in my children's mind. If we want them to be godly, we're going to be, have to be faithful to our duty at the house of God. I, I, don't nobody get mad at me right here. But when we slide in at two minutes after service starts and come running in and sling our children around and throw them in the pew and holding our spouse's hand like everything is all right and you've just all but cussed each other coming up the road. You know what? We're training our children. Here's just, here's, I cannot stand to be late. My wife will tell you that. You know that about me. If you've been here any time at all, if I'm late, something's wrong. If I, last Sunday night, I was preaching at Calvary and States were kicking off that Jubilee. And man, we left. And whenever I got out here to Zephyr Road, I pulled the GPS up. And, and all of 77 South from where I was at, just about it was red. So I had to go out Zephyr Road. And, and that was one of those times where you were just telling the kids to look out the window and not pay no attention to how fast Daddy was going. All the way out Zephyr Road, out through Elkin, and come back around by Foothills Meet, and back down through there and come out on... on uh, four or 77 way up there and when we got on 77 I was just praying that everybody that was working on highway patrol was back there in that work zone because buddy I was headed to Statesville quick fast and in a hurry and we pulled in at 15 minutes till and I felt late yeah. Leslie said honey we're fine I said no I don't like to be late 
And let me tell you what happens when we go into church late. Our mind's racing 90 miles a minute. We're mad about this. We're mad about that. They didn't go fast enough through the McDonald's drive through when the, the truth of the matter is we didn't leave the house fast enough. <laughs> I got a text this morning that said, I might be late because I'm in a McDonald's drive through is the reason I just said that, but I'm not going to call no names. But anyway, you say, preacher, how can I raise them right? We raise them and being faithful at our duties at the church house. I'm going to say this, and, 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 and I understand. I understand. I completely understand that there comes a time when we have to allow our children to start having some responsibility theirself. I understand that. Madeline, I sat down with her before she left, and I said, here's what you've got to think about. You've got to go to school. That's a big class that you've got tomorrow. You're trying to make sure that you pass that so you can get in nursing school. You're going to go to church, and since you're going to go to church, and she hardly ever misses here, I'm going to let you make the choice whether you want to go to our church or whether you want to go to Brother Bradley's church with Donathan and Lydia. But the choice is up to you. I understand there comes a time that we have to allow them to make some choices, but there's one choice that I am going to make for my children as long as they're in my home. They're going to be in church. They're going to be in church. I'm going to be faithful to my duties to God. Number three, you want to raise godly children? Well, both parents was forgiven. Both parents was faithful in their duty to God. Watch this in verse number 13. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for their prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Now watch this. And thou shalt call his name John. Look in verse number 59 of the same chapter. The Bible said this. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her. And they rejoiced with her. The Bible said in verse 60. And his mother answered and said, Not so. But he shall be called John. Look back in verse number 59. Let me catch that verse too. The Bible said this, And it came to pass, Then on the eighth day they come to the circumcised the child, and they called his name Zacharias after the name of his father. But now watch this. And his mother answered and said, Not so. They called his name Zacharias, but his mama said, Not so. His name is not Zacharias. Look what your Bible said. The Bible said this, and his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. Look in verse 63. And he asked for a writing table and wrote saying, His name is John, and they marveled all. Number three tonight, if we're going to raise godly children, both parents, when we look at this, followed the will of God when it was contrary to those around them. Can I explain it to you? In those days, tradition was very strong. The Jewish tradition was something that was very, very strong. And naming your child after the father was a very strong tradition in that day. Did you see what those around her and her cousin said? His name is Zacharias. 
But what did she say? She said, not so. His name is John. Why did she call his name John? Because if we'll rewind back to verse number 13, God said, call his name John, not Zacharias. So you know what they did? Here's what they did. They went completely contrary to the tradition of those around them and followed what God said do. If you're going to raise godly children or not, there's going to be times that you have to go completely different from the tradition of even your family sometimes. Now, I was raised in a good godly home and, and I'm glad that I've not had to go against the tradition of my family if you want to put it that way. But can I say this to you tonight? Here's what they done. In order for them to raise the greatest son that had ever been besides the Lord Jesus Christ, John was the greatest. He was the greatest. The Bible tells us that. But what did they do? They had to go against uh, that modern and, 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 and tradition that they had been taught. There'll be times, there'll be times that you'll be criticized for doing what's right. There'll be times, uh, there'll be, there'll be oh, one thing that just, I'm glad I've never had to deal with this, but a lot of people have to deal with this. People, calling family get-togethers at 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. You know what? 6 o'clock on Sunday evening is the time to be at the house of the Lord. And there'll be times that you, if you're going to raise your children to be godly, well, I wish you'd listen to the preacher tonight. I'm just trying to help us. That you're going to have to go against. You're going to have to, what did they do? He said, no, his name's not Zacharias. You know what Elizabeth never stuttered? Elizabeth had been barren. Hear me tonight. Elizabeth had been barren and they was well stricken in years. And she had prayed for God to give a son. And you know what God done? God answered that prayer. And when God answered that prayer, Elizabeth said, I don't care what tradition is and I don't care who it hair lives. We're doing what God said do. And when God blesses you, when God blesses you, and He has, He has, then there will be times to raise godly children that you have to go against. Again. Boy, I'm managed quiet tonight. I should have just stayed on tithing, I guess. You have to go against that. The main thing is this, that we don't go against His Word. I, I have, um, I, I mean what I'm fixing to say. The Lord has blessed me with three healthy children. And I would be scared to death to allow my children to miss the house of God. To do, there's times about once a year we'll miss a Sunday night and a Wednesday night to go on vacation. I understand that Jesus even came apart. Him and his disciples went apart into a, a desert place. You have to come apart or you'll come apart. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there and you can get upset if you want to get upset. My life's so bad, Brother Matt, that I, it's not so bad that every, every other weekend I have to go somewhere. I hear people say, I just got to get out of here. I, I don't know that I've ever really been at a point in 15 years that I just had to get out of here. Matter of fact, usually I leave early to come back home. 
If it's up to me and Olivia, about two nights is all we're going to be gone. I like it right here. I like sitting on my front porch watching the buffalo roam. <laughs> How many of y'all can say that? You say, Preacher, what are you saying? There'll be times that you have to go against. You have to go against the family. Let me show you one more thing. Both parents were forgiven. Both parents were faithful to their duty to God. Both parents followed the will of God when it was contrary to their peers. But let me show you one last thing. Both parents was filled with the Holy Ghost. Look in verse number 41. The Bible said this, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the situation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Look in verse number 67. The Bible said this. Verse number 67. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying. Let me tell you what you need to be once you're saved and you're fulfilling your duties to the Word of God. And, and there's those times that you're going against contrary things. Let me tell you what you've got to have. You've got to have the feeling of the Holy Ghost of God. That's what keeps you right. Listen to what the Bible said. Ephesians 5.18 Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. That's not a conviction. That's a command. Did you hear me? That's not a conviction. That's a, he said be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you something tonight. You said, Preacher, how do I do that? Well, number one, you've got to be saved. When you get saved, the Holy Ghost moves into your life. That's what tells you to tell others. That's what tells you to tell others about what God's doing for you. Are you hearing the preacher? Your natural man don't want to say, Man, the Lord's doing this and the Lord's doing that, and I don't want you to go to hell. Your natural man don't want you to do that. The Holy Ghost inspires you and drives you to do that. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It's what the Holy Ghost does within us. And it's so important in our life that we maintain the feeling of the Holy Ghost of God in our lives. You want to raise your children right? Stay in that book. Here's what Daddy would say. Stay in the Bible, stay on your knees, and stay in the church. Feeling of the Holy Ghost. I read this today. Spirit-filled parents won't abuse their children. Spirit-filled parents won't mistreat their children. Spirit-filled parents won't intentionally lead their children wrong. Spirit-filled parents will love their children and show affection for them. Spirit-filled parents will eliminate most of the delinquent problem of today. The responsibility is too great to do it without God's guidance. We got to be spirit filled. I thought about this. Come start playing softly if you will. David's children David's children replicated what they saw in David. David's children repeated what they saw in David. When you study the life of David, David was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he was on the rooftop and saw Bathsheba bathing herself. The Bible said it was a time for kings to go forth to battle and David tarried still in Jerusalem. The Bible said this, that he sent and took Bathsheba and brought her in. I, I don't think that that was consensual. I personally think that David raped Bathsheba right there. 
I really believe that because he took her. But when you go on to study, right after that, you know what happened? David had a son named Amnon. And you know what that son done? That son raped Tamar, David's daughter, which was Amnon's sister. Where did, where did Amnon learn such behavior? He watched his father. Absalom hears of it, which is David's son also. What does Absalom do? Absalom kills Amnon. Absalom kills Amnon. What did he do? He made him drunk and he killed him. Where did he learn how to do that? Well, you know what David done? David brought Uriah, the, the husband of Bathsheba, in, made him drunk, sent him back to the battlefield and murdered him. David, the blood of Uriah is on David's hands. So where did Absalom learn to do that? He learned to do it from his father. You know what ends up happening in Absalom's life? Absalom goes upon a rooftop and sleeps with the concubines of David for all of Israel to see. Where did Absalom learn to go on a rooftop and commit fornication and adultery? From David, his daddy. So, preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. A large majority of the time, our children replicate what they see in us. Now, I'm not saying all the time. I understand that there's times, and, and, and we have some very good missionary friends and some very good preacher friends that has raised their children the best that they could and trained them to be godly children. And they still, man still has a free will. He still has a free will. And that, what well, the Bible said, you train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. It don't necessarily mean that they'll always live right in the Word of God, but it does mean that they'll never forget sound doctrine that you placed in their mind. They'll never forget that. They'll never forget that. I know today that any three of my children, I've thought before, I, I, especially in just recent days, I've thought before, what would I do? Because some, some of our preacher friends, they woke up one morning and it was this way. Their teenage daughter was gone. For days they didn't know where she was at. I'm talking about they had raised her right. They had raised her in the Word of God. She is set in this church and sang in this church. She was gone for days. And I've often thought, Brother Brian, I don't know what I'd do in the morning if I woke up and Madeline was gone, or Olivia had snuck out. I don't think Victoria would yet. <laughs> but what, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've often thought about this. What if, what if one of my kids come in and said, I just want you to know that I'm living a different lifestyle now. I, I don't know what I would do. I would say this, they're still my child and I'm still going to love them. There's, there's some guidelines inside my home and for them to continue to live in my home, there's some ways that they're not going to live and if they choose to live that way, then they're going to have to find somewhere else to live. But I'm still going to love them. So I'm not promising you. I, I can't promise you that if you do everything according to that book that they'll always go to church, that they'll always live for God and they'll never go to the world. I can't promise you that. But I can promise you this, if you'll raise them right, the Word of God said they'll never depart from it. And they stand a whole lot better chance being faithful to the house of God and staying in the house of God if we train them to do that. Hitler said, give me a kid, he's five years old, and I'll have him the rest of my life. 
Give them to me until they're five. So I need them until they're five and I'll have them the rest of their life. I don't think sometimes we understand the responsibility that's on us as parents and what we're instilling in them today. Preacher, how can I raise a godly child? You got to be saved. Amen. You got to fulfill your duties at the house of God. There's times that you have to go against the, the modern day tradition and even what family says. They said call him Zacharias and she said no we're going to call him John. They had to go against that. And I'm going to tell you tonight make sure that you completely remain full of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. How do I do that preacher? You stay on your knees, you stay in church and you stay in the word. Be ye filled with the Spirit of God.